From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to the Diz Unplugged. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for the week of January 18th, 2012. I'm John Magi, and I'll be your host this week. And I'm joined at the table by our Orlando team, Kathy Rowling, Teresa Eccles, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and Max, the intern working the controls. Nobody in the peanut gallery today. No. No. It feels empty in here. Animals only. Wow. And this week's show, Corey Martin is going to tell us about the exotic driving experience at the Walt Disney World Speedway. Speedway. He actually had a chance to go and drive drive one of them cars. Drive and ride. Both. Cool. Uh, Kevin Close has a review of, of the Yachtsman Steakhouse at Disney's Yacht Club Resort. Kathy Whirling and Teresa Eccles tell us of a recent visit they had to the Magic Kingdom and how they dealt with construction and closures. I'm Imagine that Teresa cried and Kathy screamed, <laughs> but that, but that, and moved closer <laughs> and just moved closer. That's how I thought they dealt with it. And Kevin and I will finish up our report of our adventures by Disney Viva Italia Christmas trip. All that plus news, rapid fire, and much, much more. What the heck? On this week's Dis Unplugged. This much, much more. Much, much more. Okay. Every time you say you that, never we, know. Never, we never really stick to a schedule. <laughs> right. You never know what's going to pop in. All right, let's start with some housekeeping. First of all, uh, if you've noticed, I am hosting this week Pete and Walter on a Norwegian cruise line vacation. Uh, They'll be back for next week's show. And um, what I wanted to do as part of our housekeeping is I wanted to bring everybody up to date on Give Kids the World. But before I do that, does anybody have any other housekeeping they want to talk about? No. 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 I'm good. Okay, good. I'm glad you're good. All right, so there's a lot going on with uh, Give Kids the World, and people have a lot of events going on uh, to help us raise money uh, in conjunction with our Power of Ten event. But I received a letter in the mail, physical letter in the mail, which is very uncommon, in the mailbox. United Postal Service? Yeah, UPS, actually. You know what? USPS. Is that what it is? United States Postal Service. Um And I thought it was worth sharing with everybody, and then we'll also bring everybody up to speed on what else is going on. So if you're near an event or going to be somewhere where people are raising money, you can uh, find a way to help out. But I thought this was a very uh, nice and interesting email uh, letter that we received. Take it away, Teresa. Oh, this one you handed me? Yes. I thought you had a different one, too. All righty. This is dated January 4th, 2012. Dear Pete, Walter, Kevin, John, Corey, Julie, Kathy, and Teresa, as an avid listener to the Diz podcast, I became aware of became aware of Give Kids the World and subsequently the Diz's Power of Ten campaign. As a PTA president at my children's elementary school up here in Connecticut, I knew we could take advantage take this message into the school. It was a way to get kids to think about helping others, but a level they could understand helping other kids, sick kids, go to Disney. So, for our pre K through second grade school, we ran the following in our in our November newsletter. November 18th will be Mickey Mouse's birthday, and for 83 years, he has been bringing smiles and laughs to children and adults. I'm going to need a tissue. Each year, Mickey helps a very special group of children, critically ill children, many of whom have has spent time in hospitals instead of playgrounds or schools. Have a chance to come to Mickey, visit Mickey at Disney World. Thank you, Kathy. Yeah, this, sorry, John, John sets this up. He gives her the tearjerkers and Kathy the tongue twisters. Really? We need to get like them sham wows. Really this dream of theirs is made possible through Give Kids the World. Give Kids the World is a 70-acre nonprofit storybook resort that hosts children with life-threatening illnesses and their families to a week-long cost-free vacation in Florida. This year, on Friday, November 18th, you can help Mickey celebrate his birthday and help him bring a smile or laugh to a child who is sick. Wear your favorite Mickey Mouse t-shirt, sweatshirt, or hat, or other Disney character to school, and will join in a special happy birthday song to Mickey in the afternoon. Also, bring along a dollar or other monetary contribution to be donated to Give Kids the World so that we can help make other children's wishes come true, too. All donations should be placed in an envelope or zippy bag and, de- and labeled Give Kids the World Donation. Please visit GiveKidsTheWorld.org for more information about Give Kids the World. Our school's families were generous and raised $285 in one day, mostly through simple $1 donations. Wow. Wow. 
Likewise, the Lions of the Month, or recent Students of the Month, were called down in the afternoon to lead a school in a rousing happy birthday to dear Mickey. I bet that was cool. Yeah. Everybody saying happy birthday. It was a celebration within our school that we hope will lead to many celebrations for other families. We have sent the money on to Give Kids the World and added the Diz Power of 10 in the memo line since it was y'all. That sounds Southern. <laughs> y'all who inspired me to find a way to aid Give Kids the World. So although small in value, it is a donation with lots of heart. There are no small donations. There are none. Mm-mm. And she goes on to talk about the ability to help others, even though we don't know, even though we don't know them. Most importantly, that, that when you wish upon a star, maybe your dreams will come true. This is from Julie Gossage, PTA president, Orange Avenue School, Milford, Connecticut. Very cool. Wow. Very yeah. cool. How cool. I think it just goes to show creative and, you know, it doesn't have to be huge over the top, you know. Anything crazy. Yeah. The smallest donations are, are important, and it's about being creative. And Anything. And a lot of schools do that. I know Stella's school has the, um, if you give them a dollar, you can wear a hat, which is kind of an, I don't know where the dollar's going at her school. <laughs> but um, It's going to the guy who sells hats. <laughs> Principal <laughs> Figgins. <laughs> but... I think it goes to the PT. I think it's a PTA thing, but still. It's I was kidding. I don't know who the principal of Stella School is. We know you were kidding. It's Miss Vasquez, I believe. But so anyway. This was awesome. And they tied it into Walt Disney World and Mickey's birthday. That yeah, was which what kid doesn't know Mickey Mouse? So whether you've been to the world or not. Do you think not. they're born knowing? Is it in the DNA at this point? Because they, they seem to recognize him. I think in this country and most developed like, worlds. I think I? even before a kid watches TV or sees movies, parents buy things with Mickey on them. Oh, yeah. There's Mickey plushes, and there's pajamas, and there's wallpaper. Well, everything's themed. I mean, every child's nursery usually has some sort of theme. And Our I'd kids have no hope from the brainwashing at yeah. all. What's your theme? Vinyl masons all around your bed? <laughs> oh, no. Those just stay in my office. And, Teresa, you haven't seen this, but this is from one of our listeners. Ooh, she a gave check. Up, she gave up something. And that's the money that uh, she would have spent. Did she say what she gave up? I think it was a Coke. Is this Erica Duke? That's an expensive Coke. Mm -hmm. 125 bucks. She would go to um, McDonald's every day and get a soda, I believe it was. And she gave up her soda. Wow. That's pretty cool. I think it was Diet Coke. But but still. (laughs) Cherry vanilla Diet Coke. (laughs) Whatever. She gave it up. Just that, you know, just that little amount. Even, you know, I says, and now um, income tax refund time is coming up. Mm I don't know if I want to give that up, but I'll try. Well, give some of it no, up. No, no, no. Let's not get too carried away. Hold up. No, but Kathy's going to be outside H&R Blog. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, th- if you're getting some money back, maybe really? donate yeah. a little bit. Because I always consider that found money. Right, right. If, if I get anything back. and I don't know about you, but as soon as I know it's coming... As soon as the check hits the mailbox, the furnace goes, the air conditioner oh, yeah. goes. Oh, yeah. It's always something. It's usually a car repair or right. something. But but you're right, Kathy. I mean, just earmark a small earmark, <laughs> a small portion of that for somebody else. Give kids a room. Yeah. And, and, Kathy, you came up with a list. Do you have some information about other stuff that's going on, other fundraising for Give Kids a World? We do, but I think we could stand a lot larger list here. It seems like the... The enthusiasm has sort of died down a little bit. We had a lot of stuff going on last year, and I think it's just the holidays and the new year. I think people start picking up again. I hope they do. Uh, The the next event that's coming up is the Tinkerbell Half Marathon that's coming up on the 29th. And And Tom raised money, right? Tony raised Tony. Tony. No, Tom's not going to run. I'm sorry. (laughs) Tony's going (laughs) to run. So he's going to be running with his uh, tutu and uh, Wings. Wings. Yeah, I think Nancy was making the tutu or oh, geez. fitting it to him. I don't is know what she was doing. But. Tutu or tutus? Tutus. Tutus. And we then also have one coming up in Tennessee in February, and that one is still they're deciding what date works best for everybody. So if you're in that area... Just the, go to Tennessee in February and look for them. <laughs> well, just contact the organizer. He's looking to see. He was... Um, they had planned on a Sunday and wanted to see if that worked for everybody. There's actually a thread about that on the Diz Unplugged board. Mm-hmm. And these are all from the uh, thread on the Diz Unplugged board about the, the different events that are coming up. There's one in Delaware, March 31st. It is in Newark, Delaware, and it's at Klondike Kate's on Main Street. 
and they're going to have the whole upstairs and they're going to have an auction and so if you have anything you'd like to donate to the auction you can do that and the last one that i have is in iowa april the 28th and they haven't announced a location yet it's probably somewhere in northeast iowa and it's going to be held on a saturday and we'll have activities for adults and kids alike northeast iowa i could send my parents they're pretty close to there i know leah said that was fairly close yeah to it her. is yeah that would be doable for leah too just have her walk around have them walk around the streets going dizzers Dizzers, dizzers. <laughs> See if they can find them. So you know, if if you've got an event, let us know. You know, we'll promote it here on the podcast. If you need some inspiration, post that too, and others of us that have done these things can, you know, pump you up and get you going again. To and if we can help out, I mean, I'm more than willing to. Yeah, and two chicks are still begging for money too. Yep. We still want we'll your take money. Every for, dollar we can get. I think that people in the northeast and uh, the northern part of the country are probably waiting to thaw out before right. they venture outside for any other events. And if you've done something, let us know. Yes. You know, tell us about it. We're really curious and anxious to hear what everyone has done out there. Yeah, because I said, you know, you might get an idea from one of these groups that you hadn't thought of. Yeah. Shovel snow for Give Kids a World if you have snow. Okay, I'll do that. If you have <laughs> snow. Oh. I was going to go out and shovel sunshine. sunshine scrape yeah. it off the window. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. love that line. <laughs> Thank you, Kathy, for bringing that list and filling everybody in. All right. Any other housekeeping before we move on to news? All righty. And Kathy has agreed to read the news for me this week. Numbers, numbers. As you say. Divided by. There's a little bit of a setup here. <laughs> yes, yeah. there's those Italian names and locations. <laughs> so... Italian ocean liner Costa Concordia capsizes in the shallows of the Mediterranean Sea. 3,206 passengers and roughly 1,000 crew members had been on board the cruise ship Costa Concordia when it began taking on water at about 8 p.m. local time Friday, January 13th. Costa said that those on board consisted of about 1,000 of Italian nationality, over 500 Germans, about 160 French, 129 Americans and 1,000 crew members. The evacuation itself was far from an orderly affair, with glass flying through the air and a rush for lifeboats. Numerous passengers and crew jumped into the cold water and swam to shore to escape the listing vessel. The incident occurred at dinner time, recounts one passenger who told a local news agency, we were having supper when the lights suddenly went out. We heard a boom and a groaning noise and all the cutlery fell on the floor. Others called it a scene right out of Titanic. Passengers are complaining that they never received proper evacuation instructions and that the deployment of the lifeboats was delayed. By some reports, a full muster drill was to be conducted at 5 p.m. Saturday, well after the ship set sail. Rough seas... Oh, come on. No, no. <laughs> I'm not... Le- set sail from Chittavecchia. See? See? Okay. I'll let she you do the tough do. words. I- <laughs> Are you following along over there with yeah. your own little news story? Yeah. Like she's going to say, it, she's gonna say it. she even asked before the show how to pronounce it. She's like, I'm yeah. not just, I'm, I'm not saying it. <laughs> the port, the Roman port. Yes. Rough seas that caused a brief halt in rescue operations Monday on board the capsized Costa Concordia are now raising fears that the vessel could slip into deeper waters, potentially sink altogether, or begin leaking fuel oil. The ship shifted several inches earlier in the day shortly after the discovery of another victim in the wreck, which brought the death toll to six in the maritime disaster. Costa Cruz's chief executive officer, Pierre Luigi Fasci, told reporters during a Monday news conference that securing the ship to prevent environmental damage is a high priority. All manner of technical experts sent from parent company Carnival Corporation and sourced independently are advising Costa on how and when to secure and move the ship. Concordia is carrying 2,300 tons of various types of fuel in 21 tanks, he added. You would think that finding the missing people would be the priority. Well, I just read something this morning that they now have a manifest of who was in each stateroom, and a lot of the people that are still missing at last point there were i think there were 29 people unaccounted for that a lot of those staterooms are crushed mm. Mm, i know and they found four more um, not, they're not able to get to them five more people this morning that 
had passed away. We're going to find out that this was all error, human error. Yeah, absolutely. She's got more to this story that yes, talks I about have another the... page and a half. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, a firestorm continues to surround Francesco Chettino, the ship's captain. Costa Cruz's released a statement on Sunday acknowledging the whirlwind of speculation. Preliminary indications are that there may have been significant human error on the part of the ship's master, which resulted in these grave consequences. The route of the vessel appears to have been too close to the shore of Giglio. Giglio. Giglio, okay. An Italian island some 40 miles from the embarkation point of... Cittavecchia. Thank you. And in <laughs> it's like really bad dubbing in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> Her voice completely changes. But it works. And in handling the emergency, the captain appeared not to have followed standard cost of procedures. During Monday's press conference, Fashi revealed that Chatino deviated from the official computerized route taken by more than 100 cost of ships a year. The diversion took Concordia within 450 feet of the... Giglio Coast, though black box data is needed to confirm the distance. Fashi explained that the line painstakingly designs its navigational routes with safety, security, and convenience in mind. The captain, of course, does have the authority to change the approved course, but we're not expecting him to do so unless there are dangerous weather or sea conditions, he said. Normal conditions, a normal situation, the ship has to follow the route. Italian newspaper Carreri della Sera <laughs> is reporting that so Italian <laughs> that Chitino brought the ship close to shore so that the head waiter Antonelli Tivoli Tivoli could see his native Giglio up close. <laughs> Jeez, can you believe that? But that's what Unreal. that's what the reporting is. Yeah, yeah. that day he um, there's uh, apparently his sister posted on Facebook that if you wanted to see the ship to be out at 9.30, it was going to, they would be able to see the ship from land. And his father was involved that he told his, he called his father and the head waiter called his father and said that he would be able to wave to him from the ship. God. What kind of head waiter has that? Apparently he hadn't been given a vacation yeah. in a while and it was... Uh, they. Hey, I have the answer to that. Oh, okay. Story. Mm, okay, so Tivoli, a 12-year veteran of the ship, was supposed to disembark the week prior and take some time off, but at the last minute he stayed on board to cover for an ill co-worker. In an interview with the newspaper, Tivoli's father, who still lives on the island, said, Antonello called me earlier to say the ship would be passing by the island around 9.30 and they would come and give us a whistle to say hello. It was something they often did. Oh, good. <laughs> it's yeah. good to hey. know. All right. We're just going to swing by so you guys can yeah. back to the ship. Yeah, that, that, that's scary. I would skip them. The next part is a bunch of numbers and stuff. Okay. Um, Thank you. It, this is frightening in and of itself and in the scope of what happened to these people. <clears throat> Excuse me, to these people. But the idea that this is all human error mm-hmm. and this is all his doing. There's much more coming out on this every day. So I'm sure that even after we stop recording today more news will come out but it's things like he was the first one of the and the first people to abandon that that's ship. what makes me so mad mm-hmm. about that and he's well, being charged with abandoning ship uh there also i was con- i was confused why wasn't there a mustard drill before they left port yeah. and it's my understanding that this ship is different than ships that i've been on they allow people to embark and disembark at different ports mm-hmm. you don't have to People get on at different points in the cruise and go to the next area. So they don't have a muster drill at every single location. Now, maritime law says it has to be within 24 hours of any embarkation. So it was just weird that this happened Friday night and that was the muster drill wasn't scheduled till Saturday night. Right. But I said this when I saw that and and I'm sure many of the listeners out there that that's what. When you saw the pictures of that, that's what stopped me from cruising for many, 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 many years of something like that happening. But now that I've cruised and I see that, I mean, this is entirely different, you know, than like taking a normal cruise and having something happen. Because at this point, it's just showing that the the captain deviated from his route. Not only the captain, I apologize, not only the captain abandoned the ship, deviated from the route, caused the accident, abandoned ship. He also um, uh, delayed in giving the order to go to yeah, the lifeboats. Yeah, 
That's he never bizarre. put out a Mayday call. Right. Yeah. I was watching the videos, and a lot of people were in the magic show, and they thought it was a part of the show. Well, they were, the, apparently the crew, they were told by the crew that it was an electrical problem. And it seems that people had the good sense to realize, I, I'm a firm believer in go with your gut. Mm. If something I mean, tells you that some, if, if, you, if something's wrong and you know something's yeah. wrong. Yeah. I mean, the, show's, the ship is like listing to the side. The lights are out. You go to the high side and you get the heck off the ship if you can. Well, when I was planning my first cruise and I went on the Diz and you know how you read like all the helpful hints and tips. And one of the things that um, somebody who had, you know, I think he was in the Navy or one of those was bring a flashlight. And I always pack a flashlight for when we're on the cruise and, and I've never needed it. But this would have been one of those times, too, when you have no power on a cruise ship and you are trying to make your way out. How are you going to see where to go? Well, a lot of cell phones these days have uh, light, emit light. Uh, But I want you to know, Kathy, that I don't travel anywhere. I don't go across town without a flashlight. Now, many of the newer ships have all that fluorescent lighting. They have the Mm -hmm. reflective tapes in the hallways that when the, the lights go out, you should be able to find an exit and all that stuff. But this raises the question now. Are we afraid to cruise? Is this a the reason this is such big news, I was going to say that when you talked about uh, the fact that you were afraid to cruise. The reason this is such a big story, besides the fact that there was a huge loss of life and this was a huge human error, is the fact that this doesn't happen. Right. The reason it's, It just doesn't happen. Cruising is one of the safest modes of travel, mm-hmm. and that's why this is... This is so horrible. But before I ever cruised, in my mind, I just always saw Titanic. No, I saw Poseidon Adventure. And, and I was Poseidon, ready to cut through the hole. Yeah. You know, and, and then, you know, like, I want to have wait a... wait for the morning after. Yeah. I want to have a room with a veranda so that if something happened, I could, you know, like, go off the balcony. But now I see that, you know, that's not necessarily a good thing either because some of those people that jumped off died. Yeah. I think for a lot of people that were just gaining the courage to maybe cruise for the first mm-hmm. time, this just killed that yeah. for them. But it says when you think of how many cruises, that's how I justified it right. in my mind. When you think of how many cruises go out daily and how many people have a safe, wonderful cruise, one incident, and this was an accident. I this, also think about, I, I relate that also to air travel. I, just yeah, I right. think about that every time I get it on an airplane. Yeah, my dad is crazed i want him to come down but he's crazed about getting in a plane he hates to fly and i said think about it when was the last time you heard of a commercial airline disaster but it, I'm not good, right since so of all the flights that travel every single day it's been years but see that then i would say well they're due and i'm not getting on a plane but, but see <laughs> i back when i didn't want to cruise <laughs> and i was going to college and we were taking you know cruise classes um the teacher said i'm like oh I never cruise. Never, ever. I don't want to. I'm scared. You know, the Titanic, that whole bit. And he goes, well, what's your favorite mode of travel? And I went, an airplane. And he goes, okay, well, look at it this way. If an airplane's up in the air and it loses an engine, where's it going to go? If you're on a cruise ship and the engine dies, you just keep on floating. And Stay like, at dinner. You know. Airplanes don't hit icebergs. Well, though. but then I'm there like, okay, okay, that makes sense. But you, you haven't convinced me. And then, like, the next year I was up in a plane and the engine went out. And that was, like, the oh my first God. first so, like, thought a gremlin on the wing chewing it? <laughs> I had my Bose headset on. It wasn't in the t- twilight zone. It was on a real plane. I was on the plane. I had just, you know, had, had bought my Bose headset, like, the flight before whatever. And all of a sudden... Through the the quiet, you heard the big boom of the engine, like, explode. And all of a sudden, I looked around, and the the pilot that had flown the plane into the airport was behind me. And now, all of a sudden, he's communicating. I'm like, okay, if the pilot that flew the plane here is now starting to panic, maybe I should be a little bit upset about this. But I said, the first thought that came into my mind is, ooh, maybe I'd rather be on a boat than if the engine cut out. But again, the same thing with planes. They fly all the time. You know, and, and much more often. And much if it's more your time, it's your time. People. Don't let it stop yeah. you if you want to do something to and, it. You know, this is everything that we do, I think, in our lives. We take, uh, we, we, there's a bit of um, trust involved that the person who has put, put that together or has put the processing together or made the thing, that they've done it right. Right? You drive a car, you hope that the person who yeah. put the car did it right. Mm-hmm. 
you know, you're on the road. You hope the road is built right. And you look at this guy did, this captain did such a series of errors that any one of them could have resulted in a much better Was he, experience. And has I he been doing it for a long time? They said he's worked for them for, what, six years? Yeah, something like that. 2003 or something? I have a feeling the man's going to pay face prison time. Oh, yeah. He's been charged with abandoning ship and homicide. So, I mean, I don't, I cannot equate this to anything else, any other Disney cruise, any Royal Caribbean mm-hmm. cruise, any any other cruise that we've ever been on. I feel like it was such an isolated incident. However, I understand if people are nervous. Oh, sad. Right. Scary. Now, jumps fast forward to my rapid fire, I'm going to talk about Cruise Line and some of the potential announcements. We're hearing that it might be the Mediterranean. Disney Cruise Line sailed out of Chitavecchia or went to Chitavecchia. Did a similar route. They didn't do this exact okay. same route. Does that scare people now from booking a Disney cruise? No. No. I, you know what? I think if this would have been an attack, say an att- a terrorist attack on a cruise ship, I think that's a whole different story. Oh, that would have, yeah. yeah. Then that could in- impact the whole industry. But, you know, with uh, with this captain just being completely stupid. Well, I took what the med doing, cruise. You know, I never felt unsafe. I never I've felt never like. I've never felt unsafe on any cruise I've I ne- Well, I haven't either. But I just, I don't know. I mean, I, I I remember thinking, "Ooh, that shore's rocky, and I can't swim." But and cracked me up in that. I mean, this is really sad, and you shouldn't make light of it. But did you see that rock? <laughs> it was kind of like, yeah, you know, I drive around the potholes. And, yeah, you know, you yeah. think he would have seen that and said, "Okay, I'm getting really close to shore. There's an island there." But he was, they were waving, right? The pictures are just amazing with this. I mean, I don't even know how. Where do you even start with? cleaning yeah. this up yeah yeah i mean how do you tip that thing back over do you I mean, tow it do you just i mean how do, do you start you? taking it apart i have no idea well you see now they're blowing holes in the side of it to yeah. try to get into the different areas yeah. so all right sad um i think we could probably talk about that for hours so let's move on the next yeah, every news station is talking about it oh yeah okay the next news story disney international speedway wants millions in tax breaks and this was first reported by Jason Garcia in the Orlando Sentinel. Walt Disney World and International Speedway Corporation are lobbying Florida lawmakers for a package of tax breaks that could save the two companies millions of dollars in state taxes during the next 20 years. The first draft of the proposal written by lobbyists for the two Central Florida businesses was so broad and contained such a generous assortment of tax breaks that legislative analysts estimated it would cost the state at least $20 million a year and potentially much more. Lobbying by the giant theme park operator and the owner of NASCAR tracks comes as the legislature, which convened last week for its 2012 season, tries to close a budget gap of as, of as much as $2 billion. It is the fifth consecutive year in which the state has faced a shortfall. Representatives for Disney and ISC called the proposal an economic development tool that would give them and other companies added incentives to build sports tourism facilities, which ultimately could draw more visitors to Florida. Both companies noted that the legislation that they have written obligates them to spend millions of dollars on construction before they realize any tax savings. But critics say Florida should not have to subsidize the Walt Disney Company, which earned a company record profit of $4.8 billion during its most recent fiscal year, or ISC, which turned a profit of $54.5 million during its last reported fiscal year. So do we give them $20 million a year no. in tax breaks? <laughs> All right. There you go. Lower the ticket prices. <laughs> I think that's one of those things that they need to put up their money first and show that they're going to do it and then say, hey, can you help us out? But when you look at a company that, you know, like Disney made billions of dollars, you know, and, and the thing that they, they mentioned in there is they, the the 100 lane bowling alley that they want to build at Wide World of Sports. That would be really nice to have, but I don't know, like as a taxpayer, do I want to help build a bowling alley at Wide World of Sports? I'm going to spend lots of money next year at Publix. I would like tax credits. Well, you know, it's different if it's this is a these are for profit organizations. You know, you're not building this hundred lane bowling alley of the goodness of your heart. And you're going to let everybody go and bowl for free, right? But you know, it, it's different when it's different when they're making such record profits, right? When it's when times are tough and the economy's tough, and you think to yourself, okay, yeah, let's let's let them spur the economy and let's let them build new things and do stuff. 
this is a tough time to ask for that much money. And do you really think a bowling alley is going to draw that many more people? You know, I am surprised every day at the number of people who go to Wide World of Sports. I think at bowling ESPN. leagues. Would yeah. I mean, and I can see like people coming if there's a bowling tournament right. or something. But Aren't again, they doing bowl, a bowling alley at downtown Disney West Side, though? Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's only more you're... popular than I know. It's very popular. That's yeah. a bowling I used to change. love to go bowling. But, you, used you know. To. Well, because there's none around here. No, now. but there's bowling there's tournaments and bowling leagues, and there's I like rock and bowl, where everything's bowling alley near my house is always neon. packed every night. Every or night. even I said, you know, like when they're talking about um, like Daytona Speedway, it, it's not cheap to go there, and they made fifty four point five million. Again, you know, I think you have to spend some of your money before you can go, come back and ask the taxpayers. You know, because everybody's trying to pinch pennies, but I, I can't say I have record profits. Disney can say they have record profits. So put some of your money up, you know. I agree. All right. Okay. Our last story is SeaWorld raises employees' pay after Stellar 2011. SeaWorld Parks and Entertainment this month boosted employee salaries across the board the first pay raise for company workers in more than a year. The raises follow a 20... Oh, no, there's a word missing. The raises follow a 2011 course during which the Orlando-based theme park operator said it produced record earnings. The the raises amount to 3% of employees' pay, according to one recipient. SeaWorld, the parent company of SeaWorld and Busch Gardens theme parks, has approximately 5,700 employees in Central Florida. A corporate spokesman confirmed the increases Thursday. While we do not discuss compensation or benefits publicly, we can confirm that the company has implemented an across-the-board salary increase for 2012 for both hourly and salaried employees, acknowledging the contributions made by the industry's best team members. SeaWorld Parks spokesman Fred Jacobs said, SeaWorld, which operates 10 theme and water parks in five states, said it generated record record revenue, these are words, and earnings in 2011. Executives at SeaWorld Orlando, the company's biggest theme park, also said this week that the Marine Park just completed its strongest December in its history. It's a turnaround from a year ago. Company attendance and earnings fell in 2010, prompting SeaWorld to freeze employee pay through 2011. Good for SeaWorld. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to hear that. And I don't know if it was part of this or I, I posted it on my Facebook page, but everybody was saying, you know, now that uh, that SeaWorld did this, you know, now you're having a tighter competition for, like, workers for your theme parks. Is Disney now going to step up? You're talking about a much smaller oh, yeah. uh, employee pool for SeaWorld than you are for the, all the other theme parks in Orlando. I don't think that's... That's why they were able to do it across the board. Right. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Disney's going to see all of a sudden a, a, a bunch of people leaving to go work for SeaWorld. I don't think there's that many jobs. But okay, so now they they ask for that money in tax breaks. Now, what if Disney turned around and said, "Hey, we're going to give our people a three percent across the board raise"? Would you feel differently than if they were ask, asking for tax breaks? Yeah, I think I would. I think if it was a type of thing where they said, "You know what? Here's where we're going to put this money. We're not going to build the bowling alley, and we're not going to build." You know, another place where people are going to come and spend money because that would be good for the economy right. overall. Right. We're going to put that money back into the economy and let people spend it. Yeah, no, I agree with you. All right, and that's it for the news. Thank you, Kathy. Let's move on to rapid fire. Who wants to go first? I'll go. Cool. I have the uh, 2012 Mardi Gras lineup at Universal starting February 11th. The B52s. Hey. Very exciting. They were cool last year, too. February 18th. Always cool, Corey. Yeah. Kelly Clarkson. February 19th, Boys to Men. February 25th, Diana Ross. That's new. March 3rd is no, still to be, to be determined. March 10th, Big Time Rush. Yay for my children. <laughs> <laughs> They're your children? No, my girls. <laughs> the girls are going to go see Big Time Rush. March 16th, J. Cole. March 17th, Jill Scott. March 23rd, Hot Shell Ray. March 24th, B.O.B., otherwise known as Bob. March 30th, Plain White Tees. March 31st, Prince Royce. April 7th, Cindy Lauper. 
April 14th, Casey and the Sunshine Band, as usual. They're always there. They're everywhere. Well, I was just going to say, now, when you can contrast that to, did you see the lineup for um, the Flower and Garden Festival? It's all the, the has-beens again. Well, at least it's... Flower and Power, you can't bring out... They're old, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, it's like... <laughs> what the heck happened to Teresa? <laughs> <laughs> Davy Jones? Yeah, Davy Jones and Herman's Hermits and... The new one, the dude from Three Dog Night's going to be there. But it's like, you know, like, <laughs> hey. here's here's what's happening, and here's like, yeah, I remember listening to these guys, like... But isn't years. Flower Power supposed to be kind of retro-y, kind of peace and love? And I think maybe we start thinking that way, because that's their lineup. But The last time I went to a Flower Power concert, I realized that my memories of Petula Clark didn't really match up with the current Petula Clark, and it was kind of like one <laughs> Well, of you gotta things. shut your eyes when you're sitting there. <laughs> no, you it can't. wasn't the look. What in the look? No, 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 no. She just didn't sound very good at all. I also think that this, for Mardi Gras, is, is a big draw for them to bring people into yeah. the park. I don't look at the Flower Power series as ways to get extra people into that's the an ad- this That's is an addition. It's, uh, a, it's an addition to it's a, And I'm sorry, Diana Ross is... She might not be a big... Hey, uh, she's going to bring some people. I was just going to say, yeah. yeah. I don't mean she might she might not fill an arena anymore, but that's a big name. Yeah. Well, it's a nice variety. There's people that still have hits. There's people that are there's some young. I've not heard of. Yeah, I don't know who's have... Prince Royce. I don't know. I've never heard of that. Her. I'd probably recognize the a song or two. Right. That's when I have to Google it and listen. But this should be, you know, I'll be there the first week, so I always see B fifty twos. I think they were there the first week last year too. And, and Kelly old. Clarkson was there last year. It's another big name. And she has a new album out, so she's not she's necessarily a husband. There's a couple people in here. And what now? Where's Pat Benatar? She's always there, isn't she? Yeah. Maybe last year. I don't, she's uh, been there a couple years several years that I've yeah. been here, yeah. I know Hart. They usually show up, and they bring a big crowd, too. But, yeah. Oh, also for Universal Velvet Sessions in 2012, they're offering a season a year-long pass. For 250 bucks. you can attend all the Velvet Session shows for 2012. This includes entry at 6 o'clock, free specialty drinks, finger foods, and valet parking. You need to buy this by February 22nd, and you get to attend all the 2012 sessions. Mm. Are they all announced already? No. So you don't know, and you can't you, you can really you share have to it be with a, someone else? You really you have go? to be a fan of just Velvet Sessions in general to go even if you don't care who's playing. We have a friend that she doesn't miss a single one. doesn't matter who's playing. So this would be fine for her. But, you know. It's hard to make that commitment. It really is. you don't know who's going to be there. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Corey. Kevin. My uh, rapid fire is about Podcast Cruise 3.0. Someone has asked that I make mention of the fact that the fish extender group has started for podcast cruise 3.0 you can find the link uh, first of all the link will be on our show notes page but if you go to our Diz unplugged boards at the top there's a sub form for Diz trips and in the podcast cruises podcast 3.0 is got a full thread about how to join up and what's going on with the fish extender group the fish extender started on the magic and the wonder where each of the uh, staterooms had a small metal fish outside of the room that had your room number on it. And what people would do is they would make small hanging um, tapestries. I don't know what else to call them with pockets on them. Yeah, Mm -hmm. with pockets on them. And what they would do is you go around and you leave gifts for other people in in your group. And it's just a way to... It's a fun thing to do on the cruise ship. And... They're inviting anybody who's on Podcast Cruise 3.0 to come and participate in this. Also, there is a full fish extender group for the rest of the guests on that cruise. You can find that on the Disney Cruise Line board if you would like to join both groups. You don't have to be exclusive to either one. You can be in both groups. It just means you're going to bring a lot more stuff with you and spend a lot more of your time delivering these gifts. I've never done one before, but it sounds like it's time-consuming, delivering them. Well, it depends. You have to, you have to be very organized, and you know, like by certain areas of the ship. And now, the good news is, three is going to be a lot smaller than two right. We did that on purpose. We limited the number of people on the on the sailing, so it's going to be a lot less to do. But I still think you need to do that sort of thing where you break it up by 
who you're going to actually By participate or whatever, with. Yeah. Yeah. And I uh, also, I apologize. Also, I know that in the past, instead of doing individual things, there have been groups of people that have gotten together and put, pooled their resources. And instead of having 10 individual little gifts to share with other people, they would have one gift from 10 people. We did like a backpack the one year yep. and we did a photo album and we had them like all brought on because the one year when we did the backpacks I had all those boxes in the car with me that we just checked with our luggage with the porter and they brought all the boxes up to the room and then all the people that were in that fish extender came and said okay we had broken up who did what part of the ship now I we I, we just had our Christmas tree we just put our Christmas tree away 10 days ago, a week ago, whatever. And one of the Christmas ornaments that's on our tree was an ornament. I apologize. I don't remember who did it. But someone made a beautiful little uh, China Christmas ornament with the logo from the last podcast cruise. And that was a fish extender gift. So I want you to know that some of them are... I know we didn't participate last year, but we still... People had stuff generous. all over our door, yeah. yeah. We, nice. People were very generous. Yeah. We didn't have a fish extender out either. And someone... Um, added a Publix plastic shopping bag to our fish so every day when we came back we had kind of the like, how did you know this was our room less than glamorous <laughs> fish extender but it's neat seeing the stuff that, that people people did like CDs and notepads and shot glass and, I remember last yeah time. and uh, we got decks of cards <laughs> that um, somebody had printed it was really nice mm-hmm. so I just want you to know that if you're on Podcast Cruise 3.0 I'm sure there's one for Podcast Cruise 4.0 I just so, uh, someone wrote and asked me to talk about this, so I'm doing that. But I'm sure there will be one for Podcast Cruise 4.0, and we'll discuss that later this year as that cruise gets closer. Podcast Cruise 3.0 is about five months away. Wow. And uh, contrary to what someone posted on the boards, we have not forgotten about Podcast Cruise 3.0. I know everyone's anxious for information. We are working at the details. A lot of stuff we got to work out before we can make any official announcements about what's going on and I've posted this several things. times. Disney Cruise Line is not as concerned about our podcast cruise as they are about the ones that are next month. They have four cruises a week or three cruises a week out of Port Canaveral at this point. So that's three cruises per week for the next five months. And all of those people have are making plans also. So we have to wait until we get a little bit closer before Disney Cruise Line will start working with us as to space and what's available and what we can plan. So, again, John's right. We haven't forgot about it. Right. And there's certain things you can count on. You can count on that there'll be a live taping at, on the ship. And we just have to announce when that's going to be and where that's going to be. So everybody sit tight. We haven't forgot about you. All right. Thank you, Kevin. Kathy, what do you have? Okay. I have the, if you're going to be in Disney for the rest, anytime during the rest of the month, the bus stop area at the downtown Disney marketplace is going to be closed. So don't head over to that part of downtown Disney to catch a bus. You need to go over to the Pleasure Island bus stop. That's the only place they're going to be picking up. And it sucks. Yeah, it does. And then this week there is, um, Hollywood Studios is having uh, fireworks. Rock the night fireworks on Thursday at seven p.m. Something. For what reason? Because there's rumors that somebody's supposed to be coming to visit. Really? Mm-hmm. Who? Who is it? Is it Santa? <laughs> Teresa, who's coming? Uh, I bet Romney. <laughs> it is not. President Obama right. is rumored to be visiting. I don't know why Walt we're dancing around right. the subject. Walt Disney World this week, and it's all over our boards. People right. are posting about this it. This is not a secret anymore. But the uh, one of the things that people are saying is, if you're going to be in Disney World this week, be prepared for longer security lines, more thorough bag checks, and uh, longer waits when uh, for transportation, because. You're going to have to wait until he moves around wherever he wants. Is this to go. why they're closing the bus stop? Is that where he has to get the bus now <laughs> at, <laughs> yeah. at the marketplace? Yeah. So it's Could you up. just see him getting on the bus? <laughs> right, exactly. And they Is Michelle also- <laughs> coming too, or do know. we know? Have we? I know? hope Michelle. I understand the it's coming. the family. Yeah. But they also changed the um, extra magic hours at the park, so they're going to be notifying guests. But if you know, 
you're an off-site person and you want to know what's going on at the parks, just know that they've changed some things around for Thursday. So what's the chance you're going to get into the park on that day with the fireworks? Do you think it's going to be crazy? And uh, I think it's probably going to be busier than usual, but I think there's going to be a lot of people that don't know that they're doing this. And I shouldn't say anything because I want to be one of those people there to see oh, it. how you weren't saying anything? <laughs> don't tell anyone so we can go. I think it's very exciting. Thank you, Kathy. Teresa. Um, Disney'sFamilyFun.com has a, a fun thing they're doing called Badges of Fun. To celebrate their 20th anniversary, you have a chance to earn 10 badges of fun by completing great family activities in the coming months. You'll also be able to enter sweepstakes for exciting prizes. Each badge can be easily printed and proudly displayed on a free ceremonial badge display. Some of the badges are backyard fun, hit the road, learn something new, family fun night, preserve family memories, start a new tradition, or winter fun. So you get to win win a JPEG? Is that what you're doing? (laughs) You can print it out yourself? (laughs) You print it out yourself. You print out the badge. And see, it's it's kind of interesting. See the little... Uh Different badges you can earn, little pictures, and it's just something fun to do, you know, something for the. It's a child thing. Oh. I don't expect you to go there, John, and do your backyard fun with whatever you have in the backyard. You know. Yeah, I don't think our backyard have, is fun. <laughs> I don't think they're gonna. Have but I think it's a fun activity. Edge. And um, familyfun.com, they've got a magazine, Disney's Family Fun. They always have fun sweepstakes and recipe. It's just a fun website, recipes and all kinds of family yeah. activities. Cool. I have one more. It's real quick. Um, we all know Tudo Italia is closed at the Italy Pavilion um, for rehab. There is a temporary food station out in front. It's the same spot where the um, where the stand is for Food and Wine Festival. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be open for a few months. So you it's can good variety some. too. Yeah, it is. I have the menu if y'all want to look at it. And also Japan, there's a new drink station slash bar that um, that's been open for just a little bit. You can get. Sake drinks, um, sake cocktails. They still have the sake bar in the back. I know because I went there. Um, but there's also one out front, hmm. which is you, can't you know where the little the store back. was right at the yeah. foot yeah. of the steps. Yeah, that's now a drink station. So that Italian thing is just temporary. While the it's temporary, it's been yeah. open for a week. He said it's going to be open through March, but Tudo Italia is closed through April 30th. So we'll see. Yeah, if it's, it's going to be boarded up. It's like behind a yeah. wall. I actually have a quick one, too. I was just telling Corey and Teresa about this. I found a a movie on iTunes, and at this point, it's free to download. It's a 14-minute movie called The Fantastic Flying Books of Mr. Morris Lessmore. It reminds me a little bit of Up. It reminds me a little bit of The Wizard of Oz. And it's absolutely positively beautiful. It's family-friendly. And, again, it's the fantastic flying books of Mr. Morris Lessmore. There's also an app that comes with it. It's the book itself, and it's four ninety nine. But the movie itself was free. Very cool. All right, my rapid fire. Um, we're recording this on Tuesday, as most people know. And supposedly tomorrow, Disney Cruise Line is going to make a major announcement. <laughs> we're pretty sure we know what the major announcement is. Don't get excited. Because it's one of those things where they try to, you know, be secretive about stuff. But we're pretty sure that everybody on the internet has already figured it out. Uh, the the wonder will be going uh, to Miami for part of 2012. What I think is cool about this is now we've got some Panama Canal cruises. 2012 mm-hmm. or 2013? The end of 2012, isn't okay. it? Because that's the dates they they canceled for the yeah. Mexican Riviera cruises. Um. So. I think this is great because now you've got opportunities now for these Panama Canal cruises, which everybody loves. Yeah. Why don't you just go back and forth between the Panama and the Panama Canal? That's what I would do if I was Disney Cruise Line. And then the other thing we expect is we're going to hear 2013 itineraries for the Magic and the Wonder, which will be some Mediterranean sailings that will include Greece as part of that, and as um, the Wonder will be going back to Hawaii again in 2013 so some cool stuff coming up unfortunately we have no official word from disney we do not know why it has to be hush hush top secret until the very last minute makes no sense to me you think people would want to you think they'd want people to get excited about it so they can plan and figure out where they want to go but i think the idea of the panama canal um cruises i think it's great but just miami i don't know it's it's so far from disney 
I mean, can't they still do the Panama Canal out of Port Canaveral? I think it's a matter of I think it's a matter of congestion at Port Canaveral now because you've got the Dream going out twice, maybe three times a week if they had the five nights again, and then you've got the Fantasy going out once a week. I mean, it's just a matter of traffic. Yeah. As long as we're talking about things Disney's not talking about. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the christening of the fantasy in New York oh, City. Okay. I didn't know what you're talking talk about there. It's my understanding, our understanding so far, that this is open to invited guests only. Just to give some background, Pete and Don and myself have been invited out to New York City to do an um, inspection of the ship on February 29th as well as participate in or, or get to see the christening ceremonies on March 1st, along with a bunch of other travel agents and invited guests. That part's not a secret. People know about it. The problem is is that everybody now wants to go and see the ship. You know, Can I go and, and see the christening ceremonies? Can I go and watch the ship come into port? And the answer is we're pretty sure everything is going to be invited guests only, mostly because of the... Um, it was that way for the, the dream, too, though. Yeah. Mostly because of the, the way the port's set up as well, because it can't handle that kind of traffic, people just going out there. The was christening it, cruise was travel agents and media. Right. Is there anything you want to add to the... No, that person? was it. It just... Oh. Uh, from it, at this point, all we know is that we understand it to be invited guests only. There's people talking about, well, I'm, going to, I'm in that area. Can I go see this? Are you going to be around? Are so we don't know what we're doing at this point. Right. Except for the two days where we know about it. And I mean, it, it, you know, I love that we've been invited to it, but it's so closed up, we can't bring anybody. Yeah. I mean, we would love to bring more people. I mean, Kevin can't go. So it's just another thing that Disney does. And also my other pet peeve I've talked about before is we don't know what they're going to do with that ship when it has to come from New York City to Cape Canaveral. I would like for them to do a cruise where Kevin and I can ride back. I think that would be really fun and convenient for me. So, yeah, they have so make that happen. Any of their yeah, benefit the- cruises like they did with the Dream. Right. Are they going to do another charity cruise? Are they going to do pre-inaugural? Who knows what they're going to do? A pre-maiden uh, voyage. But All right. That's it for Rapid Fire, and that'll do it for this segment. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we hope you stay tuned for another edition of the Diz Info.